Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Ponytails Podcast, episode one, two, three, with my man, Zane G. Zane Gallagher, welcome to the Ponytails Podcast. Let's go, baby. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, dude. It's been a, it's been a long time coming. Um, we've been working with you hand in hand as one of our sponsors for, gosh, like six to eight months now. Isn't that crazy? One of the OGs. Oh, yeah, man. So, you know, we're grateful to have you on, man. I'm excited to, to hear these crazy stories from the book field and, you know, two summer stud. This guy was a top producing first year. Oh, gosh. Was that like number one, number two in the company? Maybe. Somewhere number there? six. Number oh, six. All right. Hey, top 10. That's awesome. You hey, if you remember me as number one, though, that's that's all that matters. Number one in my heart, man. Number one in your heart. Beta Theta Pi brother, man of principle right here. You know he's a stud put in a, a good second summer and um, now he's running his own business with Saint. Uh, I always mix you guys up, Seth Hood and Zane Gallagher of Elevate Wellness. So uh, we'll dive into that in just a second. But first, let's give that shout out to Cardinal Senior Benefits. Uh, so these guys are awesome. We've been working with Cardinal most recently, um, you know, over the past few months. Quentin Roberts is a seven summer book man where um, he's built some really cool things in life insurance. So final expense life insurance, isn't that sexy? It's, it's funeral insurance, right? But the lifestyle that they've been able to develop is really cool. So they've got 60 agents that Quentin and Nick Dale and Pedro Vega, they all work with, um, 60 of them. Um, and 10 of them made over $30,000 this past month. I've definitely heard those dudes' names before, so they're doing something right. Yeah, man. Can you imagine a $30,000 paycheck? Just like, oh, there you go. That's like a really good Southwestern summer, right? For sure. We would not complain. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, what's really cool is that like Southwestern, they provide a ton of coaching and mentorship and training. Um, but what's also really cool is the way that they actually start out their um, agents in final expense. So if you know anything about insurance contracts, this might mean something to you. They start their agents off at 90% of total AP sold is the commission earned. And agents can earn up to 130% of AP sold. That's annualized premium um, is, you know, what dictates your commission. So the calculator on their gross profit, you just simply take the AP um, times the commission rate. If it's 90%, 110%, 130%, uh, most of their agents are, are earning some pretty handsome paychecks there. So, um, again, their top 10 are all over 30000 in premium for the month. Um, six out of 10 of them were bookmen and women. So these are the names down here. Lucas Holland, their top producing agent for last month. Isaac McConkie, Michael Kay, Nathan Alberts. Um, crazy thing about Lucas, he's not even a bookman. So, you know, they, they've got such a like easy to follow system that if you have an extensive background in selling books, or if you don't, like you can go make a, make a really good paycheck. So if these numbers sound appealing to you, um, I know some of these people, they're not so terribly special that I couldn't do what they're doing. I know you can do it too. So let's get you in touch with Quentin Roberts. Um, awesome, awesome new sponsor of ours. He'll give you a $500 referral bonus if you sign up yourself or if you refer a friend or family member to, to join their crew. So great crew over there. Um, love working with Cardinal. Um, and of course, we love working with Will Metcher at Southwestern Consulting. So Billy boy, he's, uh, he's my personal coach. I love working with Will. Because um, what he has an opportunity for is something that I personally miss uh, from my days in Southwestern of being able to invest and coach other people. So 
I know you know this saying. You got some skills that uh, most 30, 40, and 50-year-olds don't even have, right? Isn't that crazy? I know, man. It's just because of this crazy college internship, right? Will, so, Metcher, uh, Will Metcher is also going to be looking fresh here shortly in his Elevate Wellness tank top. Yeah, that's what's up, man. So Will's, Will's another awesome supportive jockey, you know, sponsor for the squad. And uh, he is looking to hire new coaches to work with. So everyone that Will works with, like Andy Laws, Daniel Burke-Aguero, Anthony Merkel, um, you know, those old Mizzou book guys, right? Um, you know, force strong right there. Um, they're all making six plus figures. They're making a huge lasting impact on everyone they work with. But uh, what you need to do is work with Will Metcher if you care about bringing those skills that you learned in college in this crazy internship into somebody else's life. Um, so it's been great to have Will as my own personal coach helping me out with building my solar business and uh, could not be more grateful. Let's get you in touch with Will. Uh, but of course, how could we not give our proper shout out to Elevate Wellness? So, dude. Zane, let's uh, let's let's hear what you got to say about this whole like helping people out with their diet, their fitness. What's your elevator pitch for Elevate Wellness before we dive right into your story here? So a little elevator pitch. Um, <laughs> I'm definitely grateful to be a jockey because I've done this a few times. So it's not my first rodeo. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but I think I think that it's always best to relate like what we do in terms of me and my own story, because I think that a lot of people can relate to it. So basically what we do is make fitness and nutrition just sustainable for everybody. So at Elevate Wellness, we believe that you don't have to cut out drinking. You don't have to just eat chicken, rice, and broccoli to, to stay fit all the time, right? So our number one goal is teach people how to have fun with their lifestyles and balance that in terms of their physique and accomplishing all of their fitness and health goals. So um, in that, when, when I was in high school, believe it or not, I was five foot four and I was a hundred pounds. And Are you me, bro, yep, you're a pig. Literally. So when I came into high school, I was a hundred pounds. And then I, when I graduated, I was 200 pounds because of fitness and nutrition. Dang. Right. And that just made me feel like a completely different person. I could, I was finally like starting on the football team versus sitting bench. And that, that just helps somebody's confidence and helps somebody's life in and of itself. Right. I would say so, so that's what, that's what the gym and nutrition did for me. And that's what we do for, you know, almost actually over a hundred people at this point, which is pretty wow. awesome. So yeah, it's been my wow. dream for a long time since, since I accomplished that for myself. And now it's so cool to just be able to help other people with that, with their own specific goals. That's awesome, man. I am like, seriously, I'm proud of the results that I've seen you bring for people like my roommate, Bryce, who did the sizzler shred and, you know, all these other people who I'll tell you what, man, I am like, I'm a theater nerd in high school, right? I was not working out. I did not put on the, the health and nutrition in high school. In, in college, it was just kind of like, you know, something that I kind of did casually here and there and not really like dialed in and focused. And when I actually have like a plan and accountability, I talk to you once a week, man, and you're able to help me get my groceries right, help me get my plan going on actual like, here's how, you, how to have proper form. Like I, I get excited. Uh, to, to get my pump on, man. And so uh, it's been awesome working with you. Utterly grateful. Again, grateful for, for you to be on the show here today. Um, so dude, let's, uh, let's talk about the story of yours. Um, this was back in 2020 was your first summer, right? A little pan pandemic so, was going on. Literally. Yeah. I remember. Um, it's crazy. So my, my parents were 
were are very very questionable and very curious people and so you can imagine questionable. yeah the first time that it's like wow that's the first time anybody's questioned this internship right um <laughs> but but i remember them asking me all these questions about it and they're just like nope you're not gonna do it you're not gonna do it what are you gonna do it's covid and we found a way which was honestly impressed me because i was wondering the same exact thing and i remember asking danny and so that was my first summer, which is absolutely crazy. How did you first hear about it? Because let's dial back. Let's Were you a freshman on campus, sophomore there at the Nebraska, University of Nebraska-Lincoln, right? So so I went to a community college for two years because out of high school, I, I really wanted to go to UNL, University of Nebraska. Uh, but my parents told me that the only way I was going to be able to go to college was if I got a scholarship because they couldn't help right. me at all. And so I ended up only getting like half tuition to Nebraska right after or right out of high school. But I got full tuition to this community college and then ended up getting a full tuition transfer scholarship after this community college to Nebraska. So that worked out great. But Southwestern didn't exist at Northeast at that time. All right. So so it was when I transferred from Northeast to um, to Lincoln. And then my first year at Lincoln, which I was technically a junior, um, that it was after that, after that first year, that's, that's uh, my first summer. Gotcha. So you just kind of fell right into it. You met a bunch of cool, sharp kiddos, right? Danny must've been uh, pretty interesting for you to meet. Cause I know he's older than you at this point, but like, I always remember being, you know, right, right next to him in the business. He was like so young and like, I think he's younger than Seth. If, if he I is, that is yeah. insane. <laughs> so what was like your impression meeting people like Seth and Danny and Asia and you know all these people that yeah there? so in the I have a I have a kind of a unique situation because I got to go on Sizzler before I even sold and oh. and so I actually had like some some phone interviews while I was going to Northeast excuse me while I was going to Northeast I had some phone interviews to do Southwestern that summer Um, but I ended up, I was in a business club called PBL, which is kind of like the collegiate version of FBLA. And so I had this national, um, this national competition down in San Antonio that summer. And then I, I was doing something else. I don't know. I was, I was making excuses as to why I shouldn't do it that that first summer. Right. I mean, you got to, yeah, that's that's what was going on. I could have flown out to it and I could have, you know, taken a week from the book field. But I was like, oh, all this, you know, I didn't have like that problem solving mentality at that point in time. Sure, so sure. I was just like, well, maybe next summer, maybe next. <laughs> summer. And I was probably I was definitely the minority that actually followed through and did do it the next summer. Um, but I got to go to Sizzler after, after that summer. Yeah, that I um, did some phone interviews and didn't end up coming out. And meeting those people and like hearing the terminology like i remember hearing the term gravy and i thought it was hilarious because i would always say oh everything is good everything is gravy yeah so i said that. <laughs> i remember saying that to ryan groom and they were talking about gravy and they're just like has it was like this awesome thing and i had no idea what yeah. gravy was and so i was talking about it like in my own terminology i was like walking around saying gravy because i thought it was funny but everybody was like kind of laughing at me because i actually didn't know what it meant right <laughs> and i remember ryan groom uh, we were on the way back from a club Oh, Ryan Groom. Right. Okay. And so Ryan Groom was like, oh, Zane, like I I had committed to sell uh, the next summer. That was like I could come to Sizzler if I committed already to like if I got my DA signed, um, my like PSL or whatever. Um, 
And so he's like, oh, Zane, you're going to find out what gravy is. It's going to be even more awesome than like what you think it is right now. <laughs> so, but I met all these people and like, it's, it was kind of cultish to me, right? Because I was like, all these people have this in common. And I can see, I can see from an outside perspective how everybody is bonding like so closely together yeah. over this. And that's what I thought was even more interesting. I'm like, huh. And then obviously all these people just crazy communication skills. Mm -hmm. I have really good communication skills like now, but at that point in time, I like, like to talk and stuff, but I just could not keep up with these people. It was just like a next level of communication <laughs> that I've never even seen. And so I would like, didn't talk as much like the, on, during that week. And it was, I was just kind of like blown away. I, I can initially see like, Oh, this is, this is weird in a good way, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. It's that good weird. It was a good weird. It's the best kind of weird. Dude, that's like the best, most intense info session I've ever heard. Literally. I suppose you signed up before Sizzler, but dude, d that means you've had like three Sizzlers and two summers, right? <laughs> three Sizzlers and two summers. That's, that's And that. I remember in, in hindsight, it's so funny because... Um, I showed up on, on Sizzler and everybody heard that I was selling that next year. That's like right. an uncommon situation. And after the fact, I found out that people were like placing bets on if I was going to do well or not. Like on <laughs> like on Sizzler when they met me. They were like, some of them were like, oh, he's going to do really well. And some of them were like, I don't know if he's going to do well. So they were like, well, time will tell. Yeah, and man. so um, I'm glad that I pulled it out. Yeah, man. You are your units. Don't forget. <laughs> 100%. Oh man! Even, so what was the mentality? Yeah. <laughs> what was the mentality going in? Like, were you like pretty intense on the summer prep? Were you trying to do everything you could to have that successful summer, or were you like, oh, I'm, you know, I've been around these people. I kind of know what it's like. I I've learned what gravy is before I really know what gravy is. Right. 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 So they. The force was awesome at this. They would always show us like competitions, um, yeah. for, like memories, memorizing our sales talk and like being able to recite the whole entire thing. Cool. And there was um, I was on a team of seven people. And so there were like six other people. And there was this girl named named Macy. And she just for, she just freaking she had her sales talk down like she was knocking on random dorm doors, like approaching people. And I was like initially I was like, Dang. this girl is going to kick my ass this summer and because i i was like okay so i need to get on top of my stuff so drive back from uh rapid city south dakota it's like eight hour drive put in my headphones and i was just like determined to memorize this this freaking sales talk and everything had like came pretty easy you know like memorization in terms of my classes and i was able to get scholarship i always got really good grades so it was so frustrating to me that like that like people were memorizing their sales talk and i was like struggling so hard to do it right so um, I had to like re recite my entire sales talk by this, by this certain date. I think it was in like March or something, maybe February. Um, but I had to recite it to get these, to get these AirPods, like these oh. AirPod pros that were given out. If you could just recite your sales talk beginning to end. And I would always get like caught up at like one part. Like if you told me the next word or the next phrase, I'd be able to keep rolling, but just always got tripped up. So um, preparation, I I knew my sales talk like by the time I got to Nashville, right? But just like just like the basic one. Um, but I I definitely set out with the mentality of like I there's no turning back, right? I was like I if this is 100% controllable, they they say that it is, and I was like 
only the people that are really good at talking to people, only the pretty girls are going to make a lot of money because <laughs> that's what my mom told me. They're like, oh, well, pretty girls make a lot of money because they just feel sorry for them. And I'm like, well, Zane, you're a pretty dude. So. <laughs> like, See, what I didn't realize is moms make all the decisions. Yes. Yeah, man. <laughs> so it, it helps helps when you can get those moms to like you a little better, right? <laughs> For sure. But I was like, my my goal was to be number one in force. Like that's that's the goal that I set out with. And I was like, if this is truly controllable, like everybody says, like everybody says it is, then I know that I can work really hard. I've done, I've worked 60, 70 hours a week before. Oh, and funny enough, this is a funny little caveat to the story. And I, I remember like throughout this whole entire journey, I was like, I've heard Gary Vaynerchuk talk about how he just knew he was going to be an entrepreneur from the time he was a very little kid. And so I, I like always look for a rhyme or reason for, for stuff. And so I was like, I wonder if I have a story like this. And so back when I was a little kid, I remembered a time where I was playing these video games and I wanted to get like $25 of this video game cash or whatever it was, like buy guns and stuff, right? And so I was thinking, and I'm like, man, I don't have like a paper route or anything. Um, I used to have a paper route, but at this time, I like it was like a few months where I didn't have a job. So I was like, all right, how can we go make some money? Because my parents don't just give me money. That doesn't happen. Right. So I started walking around the neighborhood, knocking on people's doors. And I was just like, hey, your lawn looks pretty long. Uh, I'll mow it for you for 20 bucks. And I got like seven okay. no's, but then I got this one yes. And I mowed this dude's lawn for $20 with my friend. And I went and bought my... Um, went and bought my little video game cash, and I guess that's where it all started. Oh man, throwback! That's awesome, dude. Yeah. So you you kind of always had this entrepreneurial spirit. That's why you're helping run your own business there with Seth, of course. Um, what was the uh, mentality when you like went into like sales school and you're surrounded by all these other people who you know they're all wearing masks because it's 2020. Let, let me let me hear actually this is what I have curiosity about is what happened when the pandemic started to unfold in March of 2020 and you'd already been signed up ready to have what everyone assumed was going to be a normal summer and then it's like oh we don't know what we're going to do now what was that like well so it was even more exaggerated because in that March I was living in my fraternity house and they kicked us beta <laughs> um, but they kicked us they kicked us off campus we couldn't live in campus housing anymore and it was decided that all of our classes were going to be online yeah and um so i literally like just left there and went back and lived at my parents house for like the next two months and all the gyms were closed and i was like oh my god is everybody going to turn into zombies or what you know like this this has to be some serious stuff right. um and when when everything around you is that serious and nothing's open and then we're looking at this upcoming summer and it's like there, there's no way that this this can be pulled off you know everything's closed nobody can even come in contact i can't even go to the gym right yeah, right and so i was just like well so i like i remember texting danny and be like hey what are we doing hey what what's the plan and he's like <laughs> don't worry don't worry we got it there'll be an internship might look a little different, but we'll do it. We'll do it. That's awesome. Okay, man. Trust the process. And then we actually drove down to Kansas City and we did virtual for a while. And let me tell you, that was a true, I mean, 
not that was a, that was an awesome plan but for me like me selling in virtual was just a train wreck <laughs> like i just had no idea what i was doing but i made the calls and i called everybody in my contacts list and i didn't have like that second approach mentality right so i would call people up we had to call people for referrals right and um I would, I would call like the, the closest people to me, even my uncle, like I would call up my uncle and I'd be like, yeah, do you know anybody that might want to buy some educational books? And he's like, uh, let me think about it and let me get back to you. And I go, oh, that sounds good. And then I hang up and I'm like, oh, he's going to get back to me with so many referrals. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Never heard from yeah, him. Right. At the time, right. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. So you had good. virtual selling that, that to me is like, what I've learned, like they're still doing virtual sales school, like just to get everybody like bonded and prepared for actual sales school now. Which is really smart, I think. I think it's incredible because uh, I know that 2020, it was like, whoa, we don't know what's going to happen. But then um, I think Emil broke the record the summer before, right? And then he like that that next summer sold 20,000 units again, right? Does that, does that ring a bell? So yeah, he's my, my first summer. Is when he broke the record. Gotcha. So yeah, in 2020. Peter broke it last, and then Peter broke it last year. He like absolutely it. smashed it. Smashed it. So that's crazy. But uh, yeah, nobody really knew what the the like experience was going to be like in you know out there in the field. So you had you know virtual sales school was kind of tricky. Um, when you got to sales school, what was that like? Because was everybody wearing masks and like social distance and all that? You know what's weird is. Like when I, when I'm thinking back to sales school and I'm thinking back to that week, I don't remember anything, hmm. nothing huh. at all. Um, yeah, I honestly don't remember anything. I don't, I don't know. I literally cannot remember anything. <laughs> I don't know why I don't, everybody had to be running around with masks on. Right. But I don't remember like what precautions there were or anything. And I guess I was just super, super in the zone, which is That's kind of awesome. cool, but I don't know why I literally cannot remember anything from that. In the Zane zone. Let's go. <laughs> I, remember, I remember a lot from, uh, from virtual. Cause I thought it was cool that like, I, I remember Seth, I remember Seth. Um, cause I, I couldn't sell, like I was not selling anything. Right. I had like five calls and just nobody was buying from me cause right. I was terrible at the job. And so I just like shadowed Seth and he dropped the Pilate and I was like, he just dropped the price tag of like 1300 bucks and they bought it. And my jaw just hit the floor. I, was like, <laughs> I can't, these people don't want to buy these $40 books for me. And he just sold $1,300. I'm like calculating the commission that he made off of that. And I'm like, wow, if I can figure out how to do this thing, then I'm going to be successful. But then one of those nights, right before I forget to mention this, Seth walks up to me late at night and we're just having a conversation before we go to bed. Um, and he goes, so Zane, like, what do you, what do you want to do in life? And I was like, I actually want to open my own nutrition and fitness consulting business. That's right. And he goes, huh, me too. And I go, <laughs> okay, nice. We should work yeah. together. He's like, yeah, I'm down. <laughs> That's hilarious. Here we are. <laughs> yeah actually what happened so that's cool man a lot of formative stuff right there absolutely now uh you know it's crazy because uh if you can't remember anything from your like national sales school i was just thinking about like my sales school was almost 10 years ago so this is 
you know, nine calendar years ago, but like, it's crazy to think that like Danny and Asia, we had our same first summer. They're in their 10th summer. Oh, you had your, uh, you sold the same first summer as Danny and Asia. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So it was, it was really, really cool um, to, of course, like be a, you know, bright, young, bushy eyed, like kid from Nebraska going to Massachusetts my first summer. Um, Oh yeah. Yeah. Get get smashed. Right. After I sold last summer. Yeah, dude. Mass holes. (laughs) So they got uh, bumper stickers too. They're proud of it. Oh yeah, they don't hold back. You know, we're all set. We we're like really, we're all set. you know, so, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I remember uh, the first time I met Asia, you know, quick aside here, uh, the first time I ever met Asia was in Boston. And uh, the, the week before that she hit PC and was the number one first year in the company. Um, and so it was like, Oh, I got everybody got the pace setter. It's like, Oh, it's Asia. And Oh man, you know, it's cool. You know, from Nebraska, Forrest, let's go. And I remember meeting her and just be like, wow, you're such an amazing, like sparkly human, you know? And I remember meeting Danny at that same Sunday meeting and he's just like trolling around Boston Square, whatever the like public spaces over there, Quincy Market area. And he's like hitting on random girls. <laughs> he's just like playing with Manny, uh, Manny Diaz. Like, oh, I, I dare you to go get her phone number. And it's like, <laughs> I was like, this tool, you know, <laughs> but grew to love the guy. He is such an awesome dude. He's built wow, so many, really awesome people. Yeah, man. Um, so shout out to those two. Um, where was that first summer? It was Ohio, if I remember right, that you sold that first summer, right? It was, uh, it was Western Pennsylvania. So ah. Western Pennsylvania versus um, last summer, I was in OL, actually, mm. in Massachusetts. Okay. So very like people in Western, I was working rural Pennsylvania. I'm talking like chickens everywhere in the yards, um, Amish people in a lot of like, I, I didn't personally sell to any Amish people, but a lot of people were slinging biblical atlases to them. Let's go. In our, like in our org. Of course. So Western PA, um, was it like pretty rainy over there? One sec. I think I got a sneeze. <laughs> bless you brother those nebraska right. allergies for some reason like so i live out on a lake right now and there's just sand and there's not too many yards or anything there and so my allergies are like pretty tame but then i come back here to my parents house and they live in like a suburban neighborhood kind of thing and i have just like not stopped sneezing for the last two days straight Dang. but anyway if go only, ahead if only you could lift weights and make your allergies go away if only seriously if it were that simple, right? Yeah, they need some conditioning. Yeah, yeah. So Western PA, I know, is like the cloudiest, rainiest part of the country outside of Seattle. Was it pretty rainy that first summer? Um, cloudiest, rainiest place. It, it definitely rained, but I don't think it was any. Like honestly, I think that it rained more in Massachusetts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was I actually my rain jacket the first summer. Really? What? Yeah. And oh. I have a rain jacket for summer. So yeah. it couldn't have rained that much if I never went and bought a rain jacket. Of course. Thank you. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, uh, what what were people, people's reactions? Like, I know that there's like different parts of the country that had different attitudes towards COVID, right? And that's actually why most of, you know, New England was off limits, right? Total shutdown. No way on earth yeah. you're knocking on a door up there. 
uh, Western PA was pretty like open, like, yeah, we're cool. Yeah, you're not, you're selling something. Let's check it out. Or what was the attitude? Western PA was honestly insane to me because it reminded me so much of Nebraska. Cool. Literally, it felt like I, the, the people wise and like the country part of it, it literally felt like the same exact state. It felt like I didn't even move except for there are trees everywhere and there was no trees in Nebraska. Yeah, right. Yeah. But so those people were so, they were so chill. They, I mean, obviously every once in a while, you're going to have those people that honestly, that's probably just their objection. Like they probably don't even actually care about COVID, but maybe they're just saying that. So you get out their door, door yeah. you know, maybe that was just their version of rejecting. Cause I remember like, uh, there were these two girls or like maybe three anyway they're they were chilling in a pool and i like walk up and i like knock on the door and they're literally just chilling out in the pool like this on floaties and they're like we don't want covid go away it's like the most <laughs> just like the most non nonchalant and yeah. like what am i supposed to say second approach them from like okay. oh i guess you haven't heard about me yet <laughs> so i just i just left i didn't anytime somebody said that to me i was just like oh yeah i'm sorry you want me to put my mask up and if they're like no i'm like all right, so yeah. Easy now. Yeah. Okay. So, well, uh, did you have like a quick start or was it um, pretty easy since it was kind of like Nebraska and you felt at home? Yeah. Well, I'm glad that I definitely got pooped on a lot when I was in virtual sales or yeah, yeah. virtual sales because I heard no's a lot and I was pretty conditioned at that point, you know? And so uh, I, you know, my first, like my first week, I sold like 115 units, which they said was good. But I felt like I was like, I can't do way better. I had like, I don't know, five customers or something like that the first week. Right. And they were like, oh, my gosh, like you like you did pretty well, like your demos and your sets. I don't think anybody talks about units or anything like at that time. Right. Yeah, of course. But, um, but then so that second week, I have a super, super funny story, because in terms yeah. of like you're a student leader, if I saw a first year do this, it'd be like, oh. <laughs> all right you got my interest so the my first day of my second week uh it was like nine o'clock in the morning and i like knocked on like a couple doors and then i'm i'm in the country you know so we're like driving like a block in between houses right and so i pull yeah. up and i'm about to pull in this driveway to the left well there's a driveway to the right and this lady's like looking down the alley like down her super long driveway and she's like on the she's on the phone and she's like staring at me and I was like oh I was like oh man I heard about this they're calling the cops on me I haven't mm -hmm. like they they said it was only a matter of time before I got the cops <laughs> calling so I so I pulled down this driveway I'm like I better tell her what I'm doing and uh, so that way the cops don't come right like I don't want that to happen that will take a lot of time out of the day and I'm on a schedule here baby yeah baby so I pull up and I literally roll down my window and. I'm like, hey, I just wanted to, I don't, I'm like, hey, I didn't know if you were like calling the cops or anything, but I just wanted to let you know that like, I'm just out here for my internship and I just explained what I'm doing. And she walks up and she goes, oh no, you just knocked next door at my, at my uh, daughter's house. And she was like, so what are you selling again? And I was like, hmm, <laughs> throw it in park. And then I, then I get out and then um, I'm just like sitting on like her like bricks or whatever, like her landscaping, super, yeah. super nice house, crazy nice house. And um, I'm talking, I'm showing her what I'm doing. And she's like, Oh my gosh, my granddaughters could really, really use this. And so she gets back on her phone and then she's like, 
I'm like, yeah, let's get them over here. And then so she calls up and then I see these girls all walking over like her daughter, which is these girls mom. Right. And then these two girls come over in their pajama. They're like just their pajama stuff. And they're like walking over. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, oh my gosh. This is my first, like probably my first sit down with like a whole entire family. And they're like high schoolers, you know, it's kind of intimidating at first. It can be. And what's that? No, it definitely can be. Yeah. So you sit. So I'm like, so I'm like sitting down and I'm showing them everything and just go through the entire. And they're all about it, all about it, all about it. That was my first experience with a mad pony, huge pony. And we get to the end and I'm like shaking a little bit because I'm like, oh, man, this is high schoolers. Like the black books are where you make the money. Right. Mm-hmm. And so then um, I'm like, yeah, um, which I guess which one do you would you be interested in hearing the price on? And I showed her like I'm like silver or gold. And she's like, what's the platinum? <laughs> and so I'm like. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. Reading from the slick, right? I'm like, oh, math, uh, college entrance advantage. Uh, that's where the SATs, I think. <laughs> yeah, right. Topic source can tell you what that does. <laughs> Honors <laughs> for smart kids. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she's like, how much is that one? And so I go through my price bill up, and I told her it was a thousand dollars. Oh and no, then, that's three hundred dollars short. And then, I, and then I fill out the order form. And I go, oh, just kidding. It's what is it like 14, 13 or something oh, like no. that? I was like, oh, turns out I'm $400 off. And she goes, oh, I don't care. Here's my card. I go, oh, <laughs> what? I'm like, see, so do you want to pay in half? You want to pay in third? She goes, nah, just pay it in full. My husband doesn't go. care. That's awesome. And so, oh, so I sold that was my. That was my first sale of the day, and I think I had five cussies that day for like 150 units. Nice. And so then the second day, I the second day that week, I had I sold like 50 some units, and I was like, I'm gonna freaking hit PC. This is dope. And then I got pooped on Wednesday, pooped on Thursday. I kind of like did okay, like Friday, Saturday. Ended up selling like 430 units, and I was like pissed about it. I was like, man, oh, I was on, I was telling Seth at night. I was like, man, I was on track to hit president's club and now i just only sold 400 units and i'm just upset man i could have done it and then at the sit like i'm just thinking it from my student leader perspective and some first year was telling me that they were sad that they only sold 400 like 440 units there's they're like second full week i would have been laughing like there's no way i can keep it together oh man well that's uh that's not too bad the uh the most i ever sold my first summer was like 270 units so uh, in a week. So what nice. was like, what was like your secret sauce? Was it like everybody had the huge need for it? Like that's that's one thing I kind of noticed from people yeah. that I connected with that were selling during COVID is like people were at home with their kids for like that last half of that spring semester. So they were like, oh, math sucks. You know, I need I need what you're offering. Was it uh, pretty clear that uh, people were like into what you were doing, or did you have to kind of like really sell what? what you were presenting people i mean yeah good question um because i think it was i think it was definitely different and i think people were definitely scared because people were hitting some ridiculous numbers that year but then but at the same time i think not because then the year after people are hitting even more ridiculous numbers so i don't think it really has any sort of correlation um to be honest but i would say that with people being scared um, that there were, there were probably some more books sold in general. That's might be like, not like a huge amount, but maybe slightly, um, to be emotional. 
yeah so i think that like i don't know i was very like uh as far as like a secret sauce i was very like head in the sand you know and like i remember like week four um like week yeah it was like week four and one of my one of our roommates said that he stopped and took a piss out of mcdonald's and i go i looked at him and i gasped i was like not go inside of any sort of building how why and he goes what do you mean man i just stopped by and i just walk in and i just go to the bathroom i'm like that is not okay you need to stop doing that or your summer is on the line <laughs> and i mean like that mentality is what got me through you know i was very i lost 15 pounds that summer because i didn't even eat because i just felt like i was off schedule i was like i'm just working work 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 um, and if it's not if it's not something i can eat in between a house then it's not it's not happening so i'd eat like a protein wow. ball one sandwich and like a banana a day wow man then i get home and eat like five oatmeal cream pies oh yeah stuff that face that's hilarious yeah super nutritious yeah bro tell me you were selected to be a student manager that that sunday after you said hey don't go to mcdonald's <laughs> it, it had to be somewhere around there for sure because yeah, you had like eight weeks to sell that summer right um yeah i think something i think something like that but for me so i actually i actually got really really sick um my so i sold for like five weeks and then I got, I think it was week six. I got really, really sick. And I had a fever of 104. Literally, listen to this. Listen right. to it. So we pull up. So we're living in Pittsburgh for a while in like this Airbnb. And there's, oh, it is like not, like That's not, not, it. not an ideal living situation. I got to sneeze again. Hold up. Justin Weeblehouse is in Pittsburgh this summer. Fun fact. Is he? Yeah, he called me on his way up. That's cool. Oh, my gosh. All right. I'm going to keep talking until I sneeze. Um, We lived in Pittsburgh for a while in, like, this, like, basement, like, Airbnb. It was literally, like, one bedroom, and there were, like, four of us living there, or maybe three of us. And so then we finally – one of the other first years in our org finally, like, found us a a host family. And so we're moving, and it's – we're, like, moving all of our stuff um, to this, like, extremely rural, like, it was – I couldn't even tell you what the town was called, to be honest, like Elwood, Elwood, Pennsylvania or something like that. And the population is like 200 people. And so we move out there and Rebecca Grinnan was our host mom's name. And she is just an absolute angel because the first day that we moved in, I get like, I take my temperature at the Sunday meeting. It's 101. And I'm like, Oh, you know, we, I guess it's COVID in the middle of COVID. And one of the key things that they said was a fever. And so everybody was like, treat me like a zombie, you know, they're like staying away from me, like sitting in the corner by myself. Like, um, and then, so I wake up in the, I wake up in the middle of the night and I take my temperature 104 fever. And I'm like, I'm like almost starting to hallucinate at that point, you know, it was like 104.2 and I'm like, just dizzy. I'm like, it was, it was an intense fever. Right. And so I walk out into the kitchen and our host mom is still up at like uh, 1am or 2am, whatever time it was. And I was like, Hey, Rebecca, um, I know we just met and this is the first day that we moved in here in the middle of COVID, but I have a fever of 104. And she goes, Oh, come here, honey, lays me down. Um, gives me like a cold thing over my, over my head. She stayed up for 48 hours straight to take my temperature once every hour. 
Yeah. That's like restore your faith in humanity. Wow. Yeah. Didn't say anything about COVID. Wow. Host moms will restore your faith in humanity, man. That's a, that's a mother right there. Literally. So I, I, so I didn't sell like, I, I had a fever for like four or five days straight. Mm. And then I would work again for a while. And then I, and then I'd get a fever again for like two days. And like, every time I had a fever, you know, it was like, well, if you have a fever and you shouldn't be talking to people, cause we don't know what's going on with you. Like COVID is still fresh and stuff. We don't really know what's going on. So I, I missed probably like a solid two and a half weeks of work from that. So I actually probably only sold for five and a half weeks. Are you kidding me? On the actual field. So then I was sick and then I came back my last, my last week and hit 745 units and was the number one first year of the company that week. (laughs) Dang bro. Back with a vengeance. So get this. I'm going to give a little shout out to, to Dexter Dell. Cause my, my second week, I was like, oh, no, baby, this pace setter thing, like, I've got to be number one, right? Because that 440 units, like, I, it wasn't my goal, but, like, that was that was pretty good, I think. And so then the pace setter comes out, and Dexter was number one, and I was number two. Uh-huh. And I go, I literally remember in our Sunday meeting, looking at that, or whenever I saw it, it was, like, before the president's call, maybe, and I looked down, and I'm like, motherfucking Dexter Dell. <laughs> And that's all I've called him literally to his face since then. <laughs> but then the last week, the last week of the summer, I was number one and Dexter was number two. And I go, oh, motherfucking Dexter now. <laughs> and I told him this story like when I met him on Sizzler. And now yeah. it's it's, just, it's like this funny running joke. But yeah. Which group is he in? He is, uh, he is in Oklahoma. He is, okay. I think... Rebecca, yeah, Rebecca Colton recruited him. Shout out to Rebecca too. Yeah, oh, man, that's cool. So uh, you had you had that co- competition that summer, dude. Five and a half weeks, and you like how how do you know how many like units you delivered? Do you remember? Thirty four forty three. I remember that because it's the same forwards as it is backwards. What, dude? Mm. Thirty four hundred and forty three units in five and a half weeks. That's bonkers. That's bonkers, dude. It was fun. I don't even know what to say to that other than congratulations. That's an amazing first summer. Thank you. In five and a half weeks. I'm 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 struggling to wrap my head around that, dude. I did thirteen hundred in twelve weeks. So anyway. hey, but you came up. Oh, thank you, thank you. We we come well, up. Well, because I mean, it you know, it's something. Sometimes it takes people like a, a while to get the hang of it, but ever everybody always does, right? Like. Seth Hood sold 10,000 units, but his first summer, he didn't sell anything crazy. And like, he just went through a learning curve. And eventually, like, it, it really is cool to see people who stick through that process and then they end up succeeding. Like, I always am rooting for those people. Because if they're yeah, it, some take some people longer than it takes others, but they're just cooking. They're just cooking. Yeah, it's cool to see <laughs> at some point, like on their own timeline, right? Yeah, man. So I think that it wouldn't be right to, to talk about, like, oh, successful first summer without second summer because mm-hmm. my second summer people in massachusetts were very very different than people in western pennsylvania and so my style i built so much rapport with like all of these like rural people in pencil western western pennsylvania yeah. Yeah. i would just build so much rapport with them and then they would just like me and they just buy my stuff and it was like it was miraculous yeah in massachusetts though i'm like oh i'm sorry sorry to sneak up on you yeah how are you doing today and they're like what do you want, kid? You know, 
and they were just they were just like treating me so differently and i didn't mm -hmm. i couldn't understand i'm like did i lose my touch or what so i remember having a conversation with um danny after so my i never had a single zero day my entire first summer i sold something every single day and my second summer um like my second week uh one of the days i had a zero day and somebody was following me and i had a zero day Ooh. and i that was just like what the heck i didn't have a zero day my entire first summer and then i had a conversation with danny and he he's like give me your approach so i gave it to him and he's like take out these two sentences take out maybe these three sentences <laughs> take out 75 percent of your approach and tell people to sit down <laughs> yeah right and that then i did it right? worked a lot better there you go there you yeah. go did you also have a, a shorter second summer or was it longer Shorter second summer, I um, maybe week, maybe week eight, um, yeah, week eight or nine. I herniated two discs in my back. Oh, homeboy! Yeah. Mm -hmm. What happened there? Was that just like, like so? Um, so there's always been like on my dad's side of the family, all of the guys. Like, it's funny because on one side of my family, I'm the absolute short, I'm the absolute shortest, which I'm six foot three and I'm the shortest on that entire side of the family. Yeah. And on the other side of the, of, of the family, I'm the tallest one. Yeah. Um, but on the, on the tall guy side, they have all had at least one back surgery. My dad has had two. Every single one of his brothers have at least had one. Most of them have had at least two. His dad has had one or two. Um, my great uncle had like seven and so it's very, very genetic, but I definitely lifted a lot of heavy weight in high school and I was just super bro. And I didn't think that my back would ever cave from lifting all this weight. Super bro, meaning you thought you're invincible. Got it. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, Oh, we're going to deadlift and we're going to squat all this weight. It's going to be so sick. You know? Oh yeah. oh yeah. Like weightlifting for football and maxing out, which in, like my little brother's a junior in high school now. And I tell him he's in that phase right now, right? Where he just loves to lift a bunch of weight and he thinks it's cool, like slam down the weights and everything. And I tell him, I'm like, gotta stop doing that because it's going to catch up with you. I didn't think it would happen to me either. Like I'm telling you this from unbiased point of view. I didn't think that would happen. I get it, but it will happen. So one day, one time I was leg pressing like a, a stupid amount of weight and my lower back came up because I went a little too low and I heard something pop. And I thought that I tore my hamstring. So then I go to my uncle, who's a physical therapist, and I'm like, hey, I think I tore my hamstring because I just have this killer pain down, down the entire backside of my leg. And he's checking me out, and he goes, hey, it's not your hamstring. It's your sciatic nerve. Mm. So I've had sciatica since then. Um, yeah, but so, that, so that's, that summer – I'm like slinging my book bag over my shoulder every, every single time I'm getting out, you know, it's like one, one strap pulling it out of the car. And one time I do that and I was just like, Oh, that did not feel right. And then I'm literally like, it, this happened at like 8 PM. So I literally just like walked like this with my like chest high and everything. And I like could not bend at all. So I was like squat full squatting to like pick up my book bag and it was painful, painful. So then I went to a chiropractor that next day um and then he like cracked me up and i remember walking in that place and being like i shouldn't be here i shouldn't be here like this is a get like this is not the chiropractor place that you want to go to mm -mm. Mm -mm. so i go in there and i get cracked up and i feel like i got hit by a bus 
So he's like, you should probably like rest uh, the rest of the day. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to like ice for a couple hours and see how I feel. Literally felt like I got hit by a bus. Like I cannot get out of bed. I cannot get out of bed. Wow. And then like from that, from that next, that next day, I was able to like, like help myself up and like go to the breakfast spot and everything and um, was able to do that. But then I heard, I went um, and got x-rays and I got an MRI and the dude was like, uh, the doctor was like, your back looks like that of a 55 year old man. You know, he's like, you herniated two discs, you have spinal stenosis, which means that the place that your spinal cord runs through is like smaller than the average person. And that's what squeezes your, your nerve and sends it down the backside of your leg. And so I ended up um, having to go back to Nebraska actually, because at that point I, we didn't know any doctors on the East coast. Right. And it's like, I'm not going to let some random doctor operate on my back. So my dad um, and all the rest of his family have this doctor in Nebraska. So I came back to Nebraska, got a corticosteroid shot in my back. And then I went back out to Massachusetts um, and finished my deliveries. And somebody held my, somebody held my toe. Aaliyah, okay. Aaliyah Karimi walked around with my toe. Uh, Aaliyah, shout out Aaliyah. What a homie. Yeah. Yeah. She walked around with my toe and um, I did my deliveries back in Massachusetts and then went to um, check in with everybody and everything. But it was definitely different. Bane, I don't know if you knew this, man, but we had the exact same second summer experience. Really? You herniated two discs in your back too or what? Minus the herniations. Okay. I, I actually developed sciatic nerve pain. Um, mm. not, not technically sciatica because there is like a classification to reach that. But um, I was never taking my book bag off. I was running every single door. I never stretched or anything. Like I was just beating my body up all day long. Yeah. Four, seven, eight. Eight days a week, man. There, no option. Name of the grind, right? In the name of the grind. Yeah. So I actually, I like wrote up like 700 units, no, a thousand units by like week six and uh, like had to go home um, like by week eight. So I was like getting, you know, chiropractor adjustments. I had an MRI at the same place that. Uh, no Tom way. Yeah, Tom, yeah, dude, Tom Brady. Got his MRI at the same place I got my MRI. It was crazy. Did they tell you that when you walk in the door? They got like oh, a it's everywhere. It's Tom Brady like, gets his MRIs here. <laughs> yeah, they're in Lemonster, Massachusetts. But Lemonster. Uh, yeah, dude, where were you in in Mass that summer? Um, I was selling in Lunenburg, and in, dude, that's where I was living that summer. Yeah, Lunenburg's nice. Dude, that place fucks bodies up. I'm telling you right here, right now. I guess, man. There's just too many bucks being slang there, I guess. And just hard yeah, on the dot. The elevation is dropping from all that weight. Little side note, can you believe that, like, I am, like, I work out regularly and I'm, like, an above average size person. And during delivery weeks, like, when we're holding that tote, my body is done for. I am so sore. Yeah. How do you, how do, like, five foot four, like, girls do that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, honest to God question. I, that is so impressive to me when I like saw like we have this little like <laughs> this little like five foot tall uh, girl in our org last and she's just so small and she's lugging around this. She's doing it. I'm like, what? <laughs> How? That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I actually, funny enough, still use my uh, delivery tubs to this day for uh, laundry. So <laughs> you really. Yeah. It's a, a nice subtle reminder every every Sunday that I'm doing laundry. Right. That's but, funny. Uh, you. Yeah, I mean, Crazy. You um, so you lit or you sold in Lemonsta and you lived in Lunenburg. Yeah, so actually I lived in Lemonsta. <coughs> I sold in Lunenburg, <coughs> Pittsburgh. Bless you. 
You sold in Pittsburgh? Yeah, I did. <coughs> Excuse me. All right. I think I'm done. Cool. Yeah, I so. sold all up around there. It's a good time. While it lasted. Oh, and it didn't last very long. That pain, dude, there's nothing like it when you're like, oh, I'm trying to, you know, limp my way to the door over here, you know. I, I literally had to take 20-minute breaks every two hours, doctor's orders, while I was out on doors. In fact, I had a whole week of just, like, sitting it, taking easy, icing, you know, every other – every goal period, which I felt terrible. You know, you feel way off schedule, you know. And, oh, uh, yeah. actually, like a huge sissy. Yeah, right? But the, the – have such a find-away mentality. It's like, I don't care what my body's telling me. I'm going to sling books. <laughs> well, you know what's fucking and crazy, dude? I, I like I learned at that point that my problem with like selling more books in the past was that I was not being myself. I was Mr. Hyped up on cocaine, Sandy Southwestern. Hey, are you the mama house? Great. I'm Nick. Blah, 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 blah. You know, it's like, whoa, that forced me to chill out. I was going up to each door with a leg brace on, figuring out what the heck was wrong with me. I didn't even realize it was the sciatic nerve. Right. And then uh, I had my best week of my career on my way out. That's awesome. Yeah, so as I was taking 20 minute breaks, I was just like, so chill. I was like, I don't care if you buy it. I'm leaving next week. <laughs> exactly. And I sold way more books than I ever did. So. Isn't it crazy like that? That just small shift in mentality makes more difference than any of your technical training could ever. You know, like you could you could practice your sales talk 200 more times. And if you still were not being yourself, you were not going to like be as successful. Yeah, I mean, authenticity is more than key without it. It's just that I know that there's some people out there who are like totally not themselves and still sell a lot of books. Those are like freaks of nature, right? Very rare, rare types. But you know, for the most part, if you're not being yourself, people pick up on it, right? People are really good at reading people just, just not conscious. Like when you sell books, you learn how to consciously read people, you pick up on certain things, and you're able to like, consciously recognize it but other people they're just as good at reading people but they're unconscious about it and they don't know why they're making a decision the way they make a decision which is why there's people on the book field that they're like oh i'm totally with it and then they like you know flip by the end of the summer and they're like yeah i don't have the money for you we were never interested get off my property you know when you go deliver and they back out or whatever but uh yeah i could go on and on and on about uh you know, what it's like to, to be in, in the book field in that way. Um, was that kind of like a big reason why you chose to, to finish up your Southwestern career? Because what was like that departure like? Um, was it an easy departure for you to be like, hey, you know, I had a, another short summer. It was rough. My body hurts. And I didn't sell the same that I sold my first summer. What was going through your head uh, this off? Awesome so, yeah. To like simple response, not easy mm. because um, when I was having these conversations with, you know, like, like my DSL and um, his DSL and, you know, all the DSLs, yeah. um, basically like when I was, when those things were running through my head, I was like my, my literally subconscious going, excuse, 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 grow <laughs> up, yeah, grow up, get over it. You can figure out a way you can do it. You know, and so I just told him, I was like, honestly, I, there's no, there's not a reason, you know, it's like this culmination of reasons, right? Like Elevate would be hard to do what I'm doing with Elevate right now on the book field. Yeah. I'd have to work some sort of modified schedule. And, you know, I 
I could totally do it. And then the back thing obviously played a huge part too, but just in general, like that was just like an educated decision on myself, you know, just kind of what I thought would be best for my path. And yeah. yeah. And like, um, I, I was like, I got to be an OL and that was, that was a cool experience. And then that was like one thing that I wanted to do before I left Southwestern and, um, and yeah, I was just like, and I had a good first summer and it taught me a ton and like Elevate was already succeeding. And that's like the primary reason I was doing Southwestern is just to teach me like how to run my own business. And I knew yeah. it was good for me and I was in like, like now I'm graduated. Right. Heck yeah, buddy. Yeah. Thanks. Good. So yeah, this, it, and it was not, it was not, not that it wasn't easy with like the people that I talked to or anything like that, you know, because you know, obviously they let you make your own decisions, but it was, it was like a more of like an internal battle with me because I was telling myself, you're making excuses. You should do it again. But then at the same time, you're not, you know, dude, I like, you can imagine, I, I know that thought process and, you know, I, I let my uh, excuse BS meter win, I guess, cause I did go and sell those third and fourth summers. And uh, they always say like, ah, oh, you stick around one too many summers. And you know, I got fired before my fifth summer. <laughs> you know, did you? I did, bro. Check out episode number thirty-nine with Maddie Gregor. The last thirty minutes, I tell the full story. It's great. Uh, that was okay. summer twenty seventeen at sales you school. Dan Moore. Yeah, dude. You got fired by Dan Moore. Yeah, booty. I what? I didn't know that you would ever fire anybody. Okay, I'll, I'll just give you the cliff notes. Um, yeah, just know yes. that uh, if you get put into a random org with kids that you didn't recruit that didn't know you until sales school, they're probably going to see you as a hardcore book Nazi, right? No rapport built, no nothing. And so my, my one first year quit after the real deal, you know, and uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was, I was paired up with UCF that summer just because force was on a downturn. Mark Rao was like, go learn from a different org, bring good stuff back to the force so you can grow them. And I'm like, cool. I choose to work with Mike Yandre at UCF. And uh, so I, I, I go pair up my first year quits midway through the, the week. And I'm like, all right, cool. End of the week comes paired up with these two random first years that uh, I take them out to dinner because Eagle Blitz does things a little bit differently in sales school. I'm like, I'm, I'm taking them out to dinner in sales school. All right, cool. So I'm getting to know them a little bit. And uh, I, I make some dick jokes, man. I was like, let's not suck dick this summer. And uh, they laugh and they're like, oh, we thought you were going to be a book Nazi, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? Okay, whatever. Anyway, there was like weird undertone of tension. And I'm just trying to like ease things a little bit, you know, <laughs> sprinkling a couple more dick jokes. And the, the one that I said, the, the, one, that, the one that I said, full, you know, I, I, I own this. Like I, I broadcast this to the world um because i learned my lesson but uh i said don't fuck with my sleep schedule otherwise you'll wind up with my dick in your face <laughs> <laughs> oh nick yeah, not not cool guys don't say shit like that especially when you don't know your audience and they're super negative first years who are looking for a reason to quit um because they they were like bitching and complaining as soon as they found out they were living together because they'd known each other before the book deal they wanted to live with someone new and they don't like this other new guy who's you know going into his fifth summer and he's hardcore you know because i'm the one that's like out there running with you know my sales talk and you know speaking it out loud in the parking lot in sales school and nobody else is and so anyway they uh i i said that right before the keynote with rory baden and so as we're like going in I'm like, come on, guys. And they're like, 
uh, we'll catch up with you. And then they go complain to their manager, to their, you know, DSM, uh, DSL, right? And then writes Dan Moore. And so Dan pulls me into his office and it's me and Grant actually, because he's like, Grant, go get Nick. We need the Grant leader. Yes, yes. Oh, wow. And so I get fired sitting right next to Grant as kids are running out of sales school, like on fire for life because Rory Baden just pumped him up with his keynote address. And I'm That's signing nice. away my DA, dude. What a, oh, it's crazy. Wow. There's like no like explaining or anything. What do they, what do they say? Like you just said inappropriate stuff to first year. So get out. They were, they were threatening lawsuits, you know, sexual harassment stuff. They didn't do anything probably because I got fired, but anyway, crazy. Wow. Well, that's, <laughs> that's very enlightening. You're sparing yourself from a dangerous territory. If you get sciatica, your second summer, you're, you're, you're just bound to make dick jokes and get fired, huh? Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> so crazy that's stuff. Cool. Though. That's, that's my story, but your story of like the, you know, battling, you know, excuse of like, ah, you're just being a pussy because you're, you're afraid to go sell books again and all this stuff. I know that thought process, man. And it, it's, it's a warped mentality and I'm glad, I'm so, so glad that you and you and Seth have put together Elevate because it's really given you, you know, you just graduated, you got, the world ahead of you, man. You've got a hundred plus clients or people that you've helped so far. I'm excited to, to help keeping you know this momentum going. So, um, do you have any like lingering book stories that you care to share before we yeah, talk about what you're up to now? 100%. I cannot okay. leave without telling you two stories. Okay, save one for the very end. Let's do one right now. All right, you want me to save the best for last or the best, best right now? Best for last. Best for last. Okay. So, um. So I've got a story about this guy and his wife asking me to have a threesome with him. <laughs> All right. Okay. And that's not, that's not the best. That's not even the best one. Okay. So um, my, my first summer, I think it was my second week. Um, <laughs> I went to this house like seven times because I'm a first year and these people were nice <laughs> to me. And so I'm like, oh, they got to buy it sometime. But, oh, this isn't the time and that's not the time. But maybe this will be the time, you know? Oh, yeah. And so the first time I show up and it's him and his wife and I'm talking to him and they've got like a few kids and they're pretty cool. But they're like, yeah, we're literally just putting down the kids down, down for bed. Just come back at this time and we'd love to check it out. So I came back again and then uh, same thing. It wasn't a good time. And so then I came back again. And then this time it was just the guy. That's the dad. Mm. And this guy was absolutely belligerently drunk Okay. when I, when I showed up. And it was at like four o'clock. It was at like four o'clock on like a Thursday. <laughs> And super nice house. So I walk up again and he's like, hey, come in, man. And I'm like, okay. So I go in and I'm talking to him and he's like, yeah, dude, I don't think we're going to buy your books, buddy, but you want some granola bars or what? <laughs> and I'm like, what kind of granola bars you got? You know, I'll take something. <laughs> and so he hands me a box of cliff bars. He's like, you can just take them all. And then he's like, you want some Gatorade? And Got some Gatorade from him. And I was like, well, that's a pretty successful trip, you know? All right. So I'm walking out and he goes, boy, you don't know how close you got. And I was like, what are you talking about? He goes, me and my wife are very adventurous. Uh -huh. And I go, I'm not, I'm not following you. Like, what, what are you trying to say? And he goes, well, let me just put it this way. So when you were here the first time and you walked out, me and my wife were like, wow, we should like, that's a, that's a good looking kid. We should invite him up to bed with us. 
<laughs> and I was just like, what do I even, what do I even say to that? Everything about this conversation would get me in trouble, you know? Yeah. And, and I'm like, uh, oh, well, thanks. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and he goes, Hey, uh, I'm going to look you up on social media and you just message me. He's like, he's like, you want to, Oh yeah. He's like, you want to come back after work? And I was like, uh, I'm, I'm probably not going to be able to do that. We work a super <laughs> schedule and <laughs> we work a super schedule and that's, um, that's not going to happen. He's like, Thanks well, you want to, yeah. And he's like, well, you want to see my wife's tits? He's like, you not think she's hot or what? And I'm like, what, <laughs> what is going on? And so he like, he like offered that. And I'm like, absolutely no, dude, like I'm going to, I'm going to leave. This is just gets weird every single minute that I stay here. You know? <laughs> and he's like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to go like your book page. And then you just let me know if at the end of the summer, if you want to come, if you want to come back. And I was like, all right, man. <laughs> we'll do. We'll talk to Bye you later. Flatty daddy and we'll talk, you know? <laughs> yeah. We'll talk later. Got in my car and I just laughed hysterically. I got a box of cliff bars, like four Gatorades, and that conversation just ensued. And this dude is absolutely like, I don't, he probably didn't even remember that conversation, to be honest. Like yeah. stumbling, like, like trying to transcribe everything that he's saying because he's just slurring his words and everything. But wow, what an incredible, like, I was just busting out. That's out. a high honorable compliment, Zane. He's like, you're so hot, dude. Like, I want to show you my wife's tits. Do you think she's hot? <laughs> it's just like, whoa, whoa. Man. I just cannot imagine, like, crazy. acting like acting that way about your wife. It's just very, very weird to me. But mm-hmm. I guess, you know, yeah, thanks. But still incredibly weird. It's crazy stories, man. I tell you what, there's there's been some spicy sexy stories throughout you know our our show's run here yeah you made a choice yeah you would not expect that but like there's some weird stuff that happens to just about everybody on the book field like along the lines maybe not that exact but like along the lines i've heard some like like similar maybe not similar but like weird stories like that oh yeah it does and some other people make different choices man and they they do they do go where you chose not to so uh, applaud to you for your honorable decision there. You got a nice haul regardless. Those cliff yeah. bars in that game. Morals, I guess. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So, all right, let's uh, let's transition to this this elevate wellness conversation after a quick word from our sponsor, Southwestern Real Estate. So, uh, you know Pat Roach. You've been talking with him every every Pat so Roach often. Yeah. Have you been on a derby meeting that he's been on? Yeah, a couple. Maybe yeah, a few. So. He's fun, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he's uh their their big thing is that uh there's a lot of drama in real estate. So they they like to claim that they are 99% drama free, right? So in this market, especially homeowners are like, oh, I'm trying to get this house, and it's like being outbid by cash buyers at 10% above asking, all these crazy things that unfold in the buyer's process. Uh, what you know, the Southwestern real estate agents and Pat are, they're just like emotional ninjas, man. They are, they're solid as a rock. And so they help, if you're looking to buy a house and they're in your market, they're in Colorado, Nebraska, uh, Chicago, so Illinois and you know, Florida and tons of other states. Um, they can not only help you get a house, but uh, what's really cool is that they find success with all their agents, almost all. So 95% of, um, you know, people that get into real estate wind up quitting or leaving after a year. 
because it's hard to make it. You need to have good mentorship. You need to be able to, to learn from those that are succeeding. And so that's exactly what they do with their agents. So the opposite is true. 95% of their agents stay with the company and earn a six-figure income. And so it's really, really cool to work with them because they are experts in the field. What they do is they build relationships in the markets that they're in. So like Meredith Kelly, uh, Meredith Gardner, she's my old roommate. She's a current real estate stud. Uh, what she does is she just has coffee or lunch with 150 people in one calendar year. If she can do that, she did her job exactly to the T. And then what she's been able to have is people like come through the woodworks and ask her, hey, can you sell me this house or help me buy this house? Or I'm trying to sell this house. Can you help me? Right. You just want to be the expert on the forefront of someone's mind. And so what's really cool is they have all the healthy aspects of the Southwestern culture. Um, if you want 99% drama free uh, business, um, that's exactly what Pat Roach and them offer at Southwestern Real Estate. So if you're looking for a career change, you like, you know, homes, let's get you in touch. All right. Hey, so, do, you have, uh, do you have another one to read off or no? Say that one more time. I said, do you have another uh, sponsor to read off right now? Yeah, we no? got two more, buddy. <laughs> okay. I like, go I need pee. to pull my nose. Should I do that right now? Yeah, go for it. All right. Sounds good. All right. Thank you for, uh, for that. So, all right. So big shout out to Cardinal Senior Benefits. If you haven't been paying attention, uh, these guys are one of our biggest sponsors because they're just doing so great. Their business has grown, um, you know, for the last four years by two to 300%. And so we like working with um, Cardinal Senior Benefits because Quentin, um, his whole thing is like, how do we help you have the life that you want on your terms? And so every sales organization has superstars, but what's really impressive is that um, from the percentage standpoint, the majority of their organization would be well above the average final expense. Like, uh, again, it's funeral life insurance. Nothing sexy about that. Like you're talking to old people about death. Just let that sit. But really cool thing is, is you really have like really great connections with your clients. Um, you really provide a service that they really need. And so, um, you know, for, for the month, they had 16 out of their agents gross over 25,000 and then 10 of their agents gross over $30,000. And so 24 over 20,000, 32 of their agents over $15,000. If you could earn $15,000 in a month and like you're not even averaging 40 hours a week, that's to me a really cool, a cool setup. So as a reminder, these guys do zero cold calling, right? They just work fresh, warm leads all while working 25 to 35 hours per week. So they are doing a heavy recruiting push. Um, if you want to be part of that, um, you can refer yourself or friends or family and earn a $500 referral bonus. Um, so if you'd like to check out Cardinal Senior Benefits, let's get you in touch with them. Um, another shout out to Thought Leader, uh, Dylan Barr. So let me uh, pull Zane back up here because Zane, you ever listen to a TED Talk? A lot of them. Yeah, man, those yeah, are awesome. Somewhere. So what Dylan does, this is his full-time job, is he's recruiting people who like what they sell is the chance to land a TED Talk. So if you were to give a TED Talk, what would you talk about? I think I would talk about um, like making your dreams come true and just like the, the control that you have over that and realizing that you could accomplish anything. Love it, man. Breaking down like some fundamentals, you know, like affirmations and vision and breaking down from there. 
Love it, man. Yeah. So what's really cool is um, the their business model. Thought Leader is like, you know, brought on by this guy who's been helping people land TED Talks like crazy. They've as a as a company and business model have helped over four hundred people land and deliver a TED Talk. How crazy is that? And that's in that's two years cool. of business. And so what they do um, is they have that reputation where essentially they have two jobs. So they have an exclusive partnership with Ponytails to hire an SDR. Um, I forget what SDR stands for. It's basically an appointment setter role and then an enrollment advisor. That's the closer. And so SDRs are making anywhere from 70, 80 grand a year. Um, enrollment advisors are making well over six figures, you know, as, as much as 200 K a year, if you're really good. Um, and their whole job is to be like, Hey, are you passionate about anything? Like helping people reach their goals for me, it's sustainability and you know, how we take care of the planet. Like if someone were to ask me like, Hey, what do you want to give a Ted talk about? Let's help you do that. Let's give you the structure, the feedback and everything. That's that, that could be your job to help people land Ted talks. So if you're interested uh, let's reach out to Dylan Barr. You can reach out to us. We can put you in touch with him. Um, there's his email down there on the screen is db at thought-leader.com. Um, again, Dylan is a great dude. Um, you should check him out on some of our derby meetings. He really brings the fire. And that's not just because he's a redhead, but uh, let's get you in touch with these guys. And thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> All right, man. Dude, Zane. You're up to some really cool stuff. It's been cool. Um, speaking of derby meetings, for those that don't know, every other week we're going live on Facebook, on our Facebook uh, business page for the podcast, letting people like Zane, like Seth, and then everyone else that's on our jockey squad just kind of talk about their business. And so it's been really cool to, to work with Zane, not just as my personal coach, um, but also to hear what him and Seth are up to when they show up to these meetings you guys are like super ninjas at social media you're getting better every day at getting the word out there tell us all about like this transition from the book field into helping people crush it with their fitness goals because uh you're really good at it dude thanks man means a lot um it's actually crazy as i see this transition and as i go about all of our coaching calls and the structure of which of, of our business and like how it's growing um, it's so crazy similar to everything I learned in Southwestern. Yeah. It's actually freaky. So, like we, so we have, um, we have meetings with our coaches every single Monday. So we've got three business partners and two coaches. Cool. And we're about to hire our next coach. Nice. Um, so we, so we have a, we have a meeting with them every single Monday and it's basically like setting setting goals for the week and good news <laughs> and that's and then just random stuff after that you know but the structure is always good news and then everybody just seems to like it and it's like for me it's you know we're we're very familiar with the structure obviously we know exactly where we learned it but for for the coaches that haven't done southwestern they're like you know oh this is really cool wow this is so positive <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <You right? know? laughs> um and my client calls, um, our, our client calls when I'm helping people battle like internal struggles or challenges or losing their, um, you know, they're, they're just kind of like falling off track. I always am bringing them why, back to their why and I'm having them print off pictures of the person that they want to look like, right? The physique that they want to have and I'm bringing them back to their vision and their goals and why they started mm -hmm. and 
yeah, it's and it works. It works so well. So you're just PCing people on a weekly basis, basically. Literally. And then our coaches, <laughs> we have I have I have I'm basically my role in our business, Seth is very, very growth oriented. So we let Seth do all things scaling. Like he gets he gets the leads, he's on top of the social media, that he's a ninja at that. Absolutely phenomenal oh, yeah. with that. Joe Ignis, he is very good with numbers and he's also a rainmaker. So if you've ever read the book Born to Build, it's a Gallup book. Um, but they talk about like multiple different types of entrepreneurs and I'm the expert Seth. I would, Seth hasn't taken the test, but I imagine he's more like a conductor. And so I care about like being the best in our field. Seth cares about like, he's very good at like facilitating things. Um, and Joe is a rainmaker. So Joe is just like, we need to do this and this right now. We need to optimize our time and let's just freaking let's start selling this. Let's sell that. Let's sell this. Let's sell that. And this is what the numbers are going to look like. And he's just like exponential growth kind of guy. Right. Um, so I have meetings with either all of our clients or all of our coaches who coach the clients, right? Hmm. Um, and our weekly trainings with our coaches, we go in and we look at all, all the clients and we kind of like go back and forth about their progress, things that we can be doing together to get them more results. Um, basically check in with all of them at their level. So the coaches have a call with them and then I check in with them, um, at like another level so that we can, you know, there's, there's even added benefit for our clients there. And I have a training with them after that. And we go over something different, just like we would do with our first years before they go out to, before they go out to sales school. Oh yeah. So it's super, super similar how we structure that. And man, I just could not be more grateful for, for all of those, like the life skills and then the business skills too. And it's so interesting. I was talking with Seth cause he actually just flew in from Utah. We went to our, uh, one of our clients that I've been coaching for the past six months. Evan. Of, yeah. Evan Malloy. The man um, had his physique competition this last weekend in Kansas City, and he looks so great. He's got second in his class. Awesome. There you go. Rock um, on. But Seth and I were talking about how every, like, if somebody were to ask me every single month of the year, like, what's the biggest takeaway from South? What's the biggest thing that you learned? What's the, like, the biggest benefit that you've gotten to it? I was like, I would argue to say that it probably changes with every single month of my life. <laughs> That's fair, man. That means you learned enough to like really take it to the rest of your life. Yeah. So that's really what is it this month, huh? What is it this month? I think so like the over the overarching thing, the most common thing that comes up in my head that occurs the most months, I guess, if you will. Yeah. Would be just the power, like the power to have control over everything in your life and realize that you don't just have to sit there and let life happen to you and that you actually can like what do you mean i can just wake up and be happy today what do you mean i can start start my own business and i can make as much income as i mean or as i want like what do you mean how does that work you, know, you can't just you can't just wake up and decide that you're going to do that so that that switch in mentality like oh i can actually wake up and be whoever i want i can actually accomplish anything i want the sky is the limit I say things to myself and I chase it hard enough, it will happen. And there's truly, I know in my mind, like anything that I want in life, I can just go get it. And life of design, right? Instead of by default, why, why let life happen to you or when it can happen for you, right? Yeah, but that's just such a foreign concept, you know, like to people that don't do Southwestern. That it never occurred to me before I did Southwestern and that sort of mentality, which I think is so powerful. Mind control, caddy. 
And my like my one this month is the business skills that I learned. Like I'm yes. telling you, I'm telling you the parallels and the similarity that um, our business Elevate Wellness has with my Southwestern business um, during my two summers, and that it's just crazy to see those similarities. So that's what it is this month. That's what I just was kind of like reflecting on and thinking about as I'm like doing all these meetings. Heck yeah, I mean it's it's uh, it's funny that you bring up the whole like you can choose into the life that you want. Like a lot of times people experience the the opposite of like your brain is choosing out of what you want because you're playing small, you're in the survivalist mindset and your your brain is always trying to like, you know, expend the least amount of energy possible. And so it makes excuses and all these things that it's like, no, you don't have to stay that way, right? Um, this morning I was putting in a nice workout because uh, I did half a workout yesterday. You know, I love love working with Zane because uh, I did injure my left shoulder some years ago, and he's really helped me understand how to like work through it appropriately, and not you know beat it to death and re-injure it. And so um, it was you know kind of hurting in the shoulder yesterday, doing some upper body. So I cut it halfway, and I was like, all right. I told Zane I was gonna finish this workout, and so this morning I got in there, and dude, I was not feeling it. I was just like this sucks. I am going to do like half the reps, half the everything. I was like, no, 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 no. What Zane's talked about is if I'm going to get any results out of anything he puts in front of my face, I need to do every rep. I need to cut no corners. I just need to take my time with it, you know? And so I substituted a couple exercises and I was just like, those Bulgarian squats. Yeah. <laughs> fucking Bulgarian squats. Um, but like, I was, I was like, my self-talk was on point, man. I was like, I am building the life that I want and I am, you know, chasing a dream with others along with me. Like there's nothing that's going to stop me. And so I like finished my workout and I even did the cardio that I didn't want to do with it. I'm so proud of you. I'm doing it so I can have this conversation with Zane on the podcast. Be like, that's my guy. We're living a life by design. We're not just tapping out, right? Because I can do it and I can make that choice. And it's been awesome to, to get you are the man, Nick. Back at you, homie. It's, awesome it's infectious. So thank you for uh for being a you know leader in your own right, man. Um, what are some of the things that you have learned from running your elevate business that you didn't learn from Southwestern? Fair. Um some things that I've learned from running Elevate that I didn't learn in Southwestern. Um I would say one of the things is, I mean, it's all, it's all very, very similar. And all of, I would say that obviously I've learned like small things, It's but it's more specific to my, my like just switching from books or educational systems to this, but everything else is the same. Yeah. Literally. Okay. And so For the real. things, the things that I've learned are just, I mean, the systems that we have in place and learning how to coach people like from the from the perspective of what things are our clients and what things are the coaches maybe going to uh, struggle with or like what things are going to they're going to have challenges with. And then just like helping them through that, because it's it we go about it the same way, but it's just switching from one industry to the next right one business to the next. So I'd say just learning a lot of in, a lot of specifics to our business. But other than that, like the way that we structure our meetings is very similar. And yeah. the way that we set goals, very similar. Um, 
even like we just in Kansas City, we treated um, we treated the weekend like like a man. I don't even know what you call it. Kind of like a meeting of the minds. You guys ever have those? Oh yeah, yeah, like a meeting of the minds where we just kind of collaborated and we talked about um, just things that we can do to take our business to the next level and what our primary focus should be. And we were just kind of like dreaming and just taking notes. And so those are all very very similar. Um, so yeah, I would just say more like fitness and nutrition related stuff that people, that people struggle with, but, and, and then how to like the proper questions to ask, to get people to realize that our service would be helpful for them. It's just a different sales cycle. Like there's a, that we have a, we follow a two call approach. One's a set call where you ask people about your goals. And then the second is a consultation call where you remind them. And then you kind of like present a little bit more of a plan to them. And then they sign up after that, Yeah, or, you know, so it's, it's, it's different in that way, but it's similar at in the, at the same time. Like if people are going to go, Oh, well, can I just pay you tomorrow? Can I think about it overnight? Like <laughs> that's pretty similar to the book field, you know, oh, yeah. that goes. and sometimes you have a close enough relationship with somebody where it is actually genuine and it's true. Like we didn't know any of the people that we were selling books right. to. So that never yeah. happens. Suicide calls never happen. Tell you what, Zane, we, we tried to close you and Seth on being sponsors. And then we were like, we're going to meet again. What do you mean? You don't have a decision. And I was like, Oh, all right. We'll trust them. We love these guys. Cool. I know. And it felt wrong. It felt wrong in our heads, even doing that. Cause <laughs> we, cause we, the same things that were going through you guys' head, we oh, knew yeah. that we were doing to you guys. And we felt <laughs> wrong about it, but we ended up signing up anyway. So I'll tell you what, man, I, I've, that's like what I learned from solar sales is, uh, you know, the building of that relationship. And this is what you you learned in that first summer in PA. You know, some people just buy because they like you and they're they're going to buy that product or service that you're selling. If it's not from you, it's going to be from somebody else, right? And you're starting that conversation in their mind of like, oh, I need to get solar. I need to get, you know, fitness help or something like that. But uh, I don't know. I, I'm like, a, I have a really high close percentage in solar, like something like 85% when I do a scheduled follow-up. So it's been, it's been pretty interesting to, to learn different lessons that are like, no, no suicide calls, none of that. You know, it's like, ah, you know, sometimes principles do apply and sometimes they don't. Right. That is interesting so, to see that because solar is like a lot more, I mean, what I would understand. Big, that's a lot, yeah. And it's a lot like bigger of an investment. I don't know any other, details about it but yeah that's fine that's what you teach me <coughs> bless you wow there's gonna be a sneeze count on this i gotta be at least at 15 <laughs> so uh so anyway with uh with elevate dude what's like the future looking like because you're you're hiring on a new coach um you know just just from what i know your business model has been is you guys crushed it with the sizzler shred basically you got off the book field you're like Everybody wants to get fit for Sizzler. Let's go. And uh, you got a ton of people lined up. And I know that Bryce, you know, my, my current book field goer roommate, he was my roommate until this last month. Um, he was like, you know, second place in terms of the amount of shred he got on. And yeah. all these other people who were doing some amazing things. You gave away a ton of money. Um, what, what other big wins have you guys had as a company? Yeah. Um, I think, I think what the, what the future looks like is we really want to make elevate the one-stop shop for anything health and fitness related. So this girl that we may or may not hire, 
So we've had like one, one meeting with her, but she's very, very on the nutrition side of things. So I actually had her in my nutrition classes and she's, that's where her passion lies. Like she is passionate about fitness just because that ties into overall well-being and that kind of stuff. But she's very, very passionate. She was a health coach for the state. So she's very passionate about helping like middle-aged women get their life back on track and feel better about themselves and confidence and reducing bloating and inflammation through, through diet and like natural means. And she knows more about that stuff than, than I do. And so it's cool to see all of our different coaches that we're hiring have their own different niche and bring their own strengths to the table. Yeah. So um, where we want to like eventually get like a physical therapist on board. And mm -hmm. so if we're, if one of our coaches is having a meeting with one of our clients and they're talking about shoulder pain, then they, bring the physical therapist and then they hop on a, on a, like a zoom with them and they're able wow. to go through like certain stretches with them and everything and find out their pain points. And then we also want like a dietitian on board, which um, the girl is very close to it. She doesn't have her RD, but she knows everything about the, like, right. honestly, people could care less about the two letters behind your name from our right. personal experience. Right. But people that all have all of these really different strengths, like say we have a powerlifting coach, say we have a bodybuilding coach, say we have like, I coach people for men's physique competitions. Right. So that's my niche. Um, so we really just want to make it the one-stop shop for anything health and fitness related. And we've got people that are experts in their respective fields and we just build an incredible culture and we're nationwide, even worldwide and everything's all remote and people can build their businesses to the point where, they want them, right? Like um, one of our coaches, Noah, he has like between eight and 10 clients right now. And he also has a full-time job. So that's what he wants to do right now. But now he wants to dive into more of our software side of things because he's um, he's interested in computer stuff. And so we're teaching these coaches how to run their own businesses inside of Elevate and they can make, so cool. they can make passive income off of our app. So you can sign up for app access where the, all of your workouts, all of your diet stuff shows up on this app. It's super cool. It's customized to you. And they make passive income based off the people that they sign up for that. So we're teaching them sales. We're teaching them how to run. Yep. We're teaching them how to run their own business inside of Elevate. And that is an incredible value that Southwestern brought to us that we want to create that sort of culture in Elevate too. Dude, that's so cool. In fact, I want to preview for those that are curious, like what does being someone in Elevate wellness's fitness plan even look like um it's the easiest thing ever guys like i tell you from my personal here here's your your double ad zane i'm gonna just double down on this one i love it because uh i tell you what y'all i like i said you know theater kid in high school just like never once did a meal plan and like you know cared about counting calories all that kind of stuff there's two apps it's uh trainerize and my fitness pal are the two apps that i use every single day just to stay on top of what Zane coaches me on. And so my fitness pal, you just open this bad boy up every time you take a bite, you know, every time you sit down for a meal, every time you have a snack, you got to count those calories, right? And it'll count up all your macros of protein and um, your carbs and um, your fats. And, um, and uh, what's the last one? Shoot. Carbs, fats, protein. That's it. Cool. So I'm overthinking it which is so typical of me, right? So I just log in all my stuff and then it actually pulls into our Trainerize app, um, you know, how I'm, how I'm actually meeting those nutritional goals. And so this breaks down, like here's like all my macros for the day so far, got a lot of eating to do, 
Um, and then uh, when I go in, I can actually have my workout scheduled right here. So tomorrow I'll be doing my day one metabolic and just go through and you start, you can watch a video. Like if you're curious on how to do these back barbell back squats, it'll show you how to have good form and uh, you can just start. Oh, there we go. Start your exercise. And so as I go through, I keep track of all my reps, all my weight. And at the end of every workout, I can see how many personal records I have. I can like just know that I'm on track for something because before I would just be like, I'll just show up to the gym and move shit, you know, pick it up and down a little bit. No rhyme or reason, right? Yeah. So now um, I've got someone like Zane I can talk to every Friday and be like, hey, I, I was struggling with this workout, get the, the input on how to have good form and, uh, you know, the mind body connection that nobody really knows how to do when they are working out. It's like, hey, you could actually spend a lot of time at the gym with bad form and bad like you know actual control in each rep and see like no progress and so having zane to tell me about that is like all right a squeeze at the top of every rep <laughs> you know that was the last conversation that we had is uh really focusing on you know that mind body connection so dude it's been such a, a helpful you know chance to get to learn from you and uh, excited to keep keep at it because I got to get shredded for Bizzler, which y'all need That's to sad. get Bizzler and hit up Zane for uh, for a good workout plan. I'm so excited for that, actually. Yes, you are. Why should people go, Zane? Tell us. Why should people go to Bizzler? Yeah. I mean, we have like <laughs> we have conversations with Southwest, like at Elevate, we have conversations with Southwestern people every single week. And I cannot tell you how much I've learned from like even just our clients. Obviously, that you guys are learning stuff from us, but we even learn so much from you guys, right? Mm. And we network and we stay in touch. And I've had opportunities to fly down to Miami and hang out. Like I know yeah. that I can pull you up and come stay at your um, apartment whenever and just connections, you know, networking. Because really what I've – the biggest thing that college taught me actually – is life is all about who you know, not what you know, of course, but like the degree to which that is true is insane. So if you can spend four days, five days networking with people and building stronger relationships with some of the most successful people in the entire world, why would you not go? There'd be no yeah, reason. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well said. So uh, for those that don't know, Bizzler is August 15th through the 19th. Let's get you going. It's a thousand dollars per person, nine ninety nine. That is not uh, bad. That is, that ain't bad, is it? Two payments of. <laughs> <laughs> it's great, y'all. It's uh, at the Valentin Imperial uh, Maya in uh, Playa del Carmen, so just outside of Cancun. And uh, link in the description. By the way, you book your flights. If you do need help, we do actually um, we're, we're doing all our booking through Southwestern Travel. So. Uh, we'll get you in touch with Maddie Whalen, um, and she can help you book the flights if you if you really need help with that. But uh, you can do a fifty dollar deposit um, until June first, a refundable until June first. So after June first, you're 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 locked in. You know if you're if you're signing up for Bizzler, no refunds, right? But you can do a payment plan half now, half later. Options break them down. So um, all that to say, we appreciate y'all for. Uh, for signing up for tickets to Bizzler. But if you do that, you got to sign up with Zane, right? This guy will help you get so pleased and happy with your meal, meal plan, your workout plan, 
that uh, you'll have no choice but to, to show up just so you can look good for everybody else showing up. You know what I mean? So anyway. Most jacked out. group at the resort. Yes. That's exactly right. That happened. Yeah, Most man. So uh, do you have any other like things to share about the business? Because it's it's been really cool to, to see what's going on with you guys. And you're, you're growing. You're going to be your own like like smorgasbord of health experts in their own different way. That's awesome. I love the vision. Anything else you care to share? Yeah, I think that uh, I think that if anything, you know, what I would say to just people watching this podcast is um, like if, if you know people that I think that there's a lot of people that have been personal trainers. Like when I got into college, um, I was very, very passionate about fitness and nutrition. I really wanted to do that with my life. But what I learned in high school was typical jobs, right? Like, yeah. this is not a job. A fitness and nutrition entrepreneur, is that's not a job. That's not a job. You need to be a doctor, you know? Right. And so if I was passionate about fitness and nutrition, I thought that my job had to look like being a personal trainer at the YMCA, which there was absolutely no way, even as much as I love it, there is no way I was going to make the living that I wanted, like create the lifestyle that I wanted for my, my future self and for my future family. Right. There was no way that that was going to happen being a personal trainer like YMCA. Right. You're just very limited by location, time, all that. But uh, what I found out was, oh, you can create your own business and it can be remote and you can create it to whatever you you want it to look like. So yeah. if you are passionate about the same um, field, just give us a ring and um, we'll see if we could bring value to to each other. And we're always looking for for coaches to hire that are passionate about entrepreneurship, passionate about helping people with their health. And um, I think it's I think we're developing a pretty cool system to teach people how to run their own businesses um, in terms of this market, which is super cool. Heck yeah, man. And elevate wellness, y'all. Elevate your body, your mind, and your life. Um, this is a keystone habit. If you don't know what that means, basically, your life sucks if you're not working out. <laughs> I'm speaking from experience here. So let's get uh, in touch with Zane or Seth and get you going there. So um, last couple shouts out, and then we'll uh, save that best for last. Uh, that oh, baby. So uh, um, if, if y'all don't know, I'm working with Enlight Energy. Nice, nice, cool solar company. Our, our main push and focus is right here in Florida. Um, so we've been having a, a record year, 500% growth over this time last year, which feels great. Um, we got some people in the pipeline that we're hiring. None of them sold books, but we'd love to get in touch with somebody who's passionate about the planet, um, looking to make a pretty good income. Uh, what's really bonkers about the numbers with this industry um, we've got it set up so that if you were to, you know, set and close an appointment and get a customer every other week, that's a six figure income. So you can take two months off, have, you know, some, you know, flexibility in your schedule. Um, if that's here in Florida that you want to work with us, if that's anywhere the sun shines, we'll find a way for you. Um, so if you're interested in working with me, uh, we've got some really cool studs. Julio Hernandez is the best leader I've ever worked with. He's a former DSL, DSM for Southwestern. Um, it's been awesome to work with him. He's started this company six years ago. So we got a lot of really cool tools and stuff set up for you. Hit me up if you want to work with us. And then also shout out to Designly. So I don't know. Do you know any uh, Estonians, Zane? Um, I have met some, but I could not just name their names. No, it's fine, man. It's, it's funny. 
I was lucky a few years ago. This was back in 2019, so before your first summer. Oscar and Oliver, so Oliver Reynos, um, he hit me up, and I actually was in Omaha. You know, I finished up my my Southwestern career, and he was like, hey, do you have a place to stay? And I'm like, you know what? I do. So I was his host ad for two weeks, and uh, he's now building our website. So Designly is a web design company. Um, they're really great at helping you, um, you know, actually have integrations with your business. And so you could go and build your own website on uh, um, you know, any Wix or any of these like kind of cheaper website design platforms, but you're going to be lacking in how to, you know, generate traffic on the website into business. And so that's why we like Oscar and Oliver. Um, so we'll be rolling out our website here soon, get you in touch with them if you need a new website. And then dude, I don't know if you knew this saying, but there's a whole nother shout out that we get to do for Cardinal senior benefits. So these guys, it's like, Boom. what the heck? How are they doing so great? Um, again, it's these direct mail leads. So these guys don't work a single uh, cold lead in their business. And the reason for that is because there's enough interest. There's like 10,000 people turning um, like retirement age every single day in America. And so that's like their bread and butter. And so they have a really high ROI with these direct mail leads. And so each agent, you know, it's 20, 25 to 40 direct mail leads, depending how much they need for a week. And so basically it says, hey, Mr. or Mrs. Jones, you're old. You may qualify for a final expense product. And so to find out if you qualify, this life insurance benefit is available. Just reach back out, send this thing in the mail. And then they receive all these leads of people who said, yes, I want funeral insurance. <laughs> so, so the prospects, they're like super on point. They're really high quality. Um, they actually take the time to send stuff back. So, you know, that they're not like just lying. Um, it has like their name, age, date of birth, all the basic info that you need to go in and sell them. And so that's why the agents are able to have such a high ROI uh, is because they're able to spend their time with legit prospects who've actually taken time to fill something out. So again, this business model, if you know the potential income sounds great for you, $500 referral bonus for you, for anyone else that you send our way. And uh, we'll get you in touch with Quentin Roberts, a seven summer book stud. Um, so yeah, I love those guys. And uh, yeah, man, we love you, Zane. Thank you for gracing us with this beautiful, you know, episode. It's been cool to learn about, you know, the crazy things of that first summer, that second summer. Now I'm like really curious after hearing about your business with Elevate, what's the greatest story from the book deal that you have between your two This So this greatest story is it starts, it starts on my 21st birthday. Ooh, That's how okay. you know it's pretty good, right? Yeah. So, it was a Saturday, and uh, my, my birthday is on June 19th, so I turned 23 um, here in a few weeks. But I turned 21 on the book field on a Saturday, and it was so I this whole entire time that I was leading up to the time that I was going to be 21, because you know, when you're, when you're growing up, when you're in high school and college, you're just always looking forward to that day. Yeah. And I knew that it was on a Saturday, and I was like, my whole entire high school and college, I was like, oh my gosh, this is just how awesome is it that my that my birthday lines up on a Saturday? Wow, yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. Could you imagine turning 21 on a Monday? You know, I was like, wow, Great. that's not going to be me. Little did I know that I would not drink a single drop of alcohol on my birthday. <laughs> and 
I, I honestly did still celebrate by eating some pizza and some breadsticks or something. You know, it, it was a very good day. Very grateful for it, but not okay. what I expected, to say the least. Well, you're building this up. Now I'm like curious, like, what what is this story? So I'm sitting on like 45 units or something for the day at like seven, seven, seven. Yeah, you, you expect more by 7 p.m. for sure. Yeah. Eight. No, just kidding. It was like 8.45. Oh, wow. It was 8.45. And I'm like, wow, well, you know, this isn't the worst, like, isn't the worst, you know, at least I didn't zero or something, you know, and, yes. but I'm like, oh man, I felt like my attitude should be really, really good today. It's my birthday. And I'm telling everybody it's my birthday. <laughs> and so I pull up to the last house of the day, knock on this door. And I mean, it had to be like 850 something. I don't even know. I didn't know that this was going to be my last house, but it did end up being. So I knock on the door and then I'm well, facing the PA, right? Oh uh, yeah, this is in Western PA, and I'm sitting. I'm turned sideways, and I don't hear anything. And then a guy comes up behind me. He must have like snuck around the back and of the side, and then the front of the house. And he walks up behind me. He goes, "Hey man, you want a beer?" And I turn around. I'm like, "Holy shit!" I'm like, he's, <laughs> he scared the crap out of me. It's dark, and he's like said it pretty loud. You know, it startled me. And I turned around. I was like, "Oh my gosh, my bad." And I was like. Funny, funny that you asked that. I just turned 21 today, and he's like, well, you want to come out back? We got a fire going. Didn't even know me. Didn't know what I was doing. Anything. Uh, Asked me if I wanted wow. a beer. And I still have this guy's number in my phone. Nice. Yep. I gave him my number and had him text me because he was such a chiller. And then we go to the back, and his wife is sitting there, and then, like, his two or three kids or whatever, and they're literally roasting marshmallows around a fire. And I sit down with them. They go – what's up <laughs> just sitting around a fire and i sit down and i'm telling him he goes so it's your 21st birthday and you don't want a beer like what's up with that and i was like yeah i just can't i just can't drink out here you know i'm just on a very strict schedule and i'm very committed to my goals that kind of stuff and it just doesn't align and he was like well you want a kool-aid jammer <laughs> and i go <laughs> i go yeah yeah actually that would be awesome so he goes and gets me a kool-aid jammer and, and he spikes it no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, w- <laughs> that would have made the story more interesting. Um, but I go, we'll tell you what, on deliveries, I'm allowed to, like when I when I drop off everybody's books, I'm, I, I could probably have, I can make you the last house of the night and I can have a beer with you. And so this conversation is ensuing and I, I'm like, well, you guys don't have to buy anything, but you know what? It's just like super, super chill. I'm like, yeah, you guys don't have to buy anything, but I'm going to just show you what I'm doing. And I really don't care if you buy anything. Right. So they end up buying some exploring. They're just like, yeah, how much? These are pretty cool. Whatever the kids will like them. And so they buy some exploring from me. I'm like, cool. They sign up for the website. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. And this dude, he goes, well, what kind of beer are you into? And I go, I love IPAs. Mm-hmm. You like IPAs? Oh, yeah, man. Do you really? You're a sophisticated man. Mm-hmm. If you want a really good IPA, you need to try Heather Dutton, who's been brewing our Ponytails beer. It's like super like unofficial, like still kind of under wraps because yeah. like, a lot of legal stuff. But if you want a really good beer, a really good IPA, got to check out Heather's. But uh, more on I that am, later. I am down for that. Um, <clears throat> love IPAs. Not a very common opinion among my, my college friends. But I go, yeah, I like IPAs. So he puts me together. He has this crazy assortment of all of these different IPAs. So he puts me together the this, this six-pack with these six different assorted IPAs. Yeah. 
And he tells me, all right, you know, you can take these home, put them in the fridge, whatever. They literally sat in my trunk for like a few months. And my dad actually was cleaning out my trunk for me one time and grabbed (laughs) one of the beers and took a drink of it when it had been like through. Yeah, just horrible, horrible. Would not have recommended drinking that. Anyway, so he's like, all right, when you come back, here's the deal. You're going to teach us your favorite drinking game. And I go, I go, okay. He goes, what game do you guys play in Nebraska? I go, mustache. 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 You ever heard of that? I haven't. It would be too hard to explain, honestly. I just have to show you. But it involves four cups and involves like flipping a cup, making it, and then your partner's rebounding for you and first person to make the cup um, wins, basically. Like, so you like chug your beer and then you flip it and then you toss it. And then the first person to make it, that's you guys get a point. Okay. And so I go, okay, this is what, here's what you're going to need. You're going to need these four cups and you're going to need, um, you're going to need some beer, obviously. You're going to need ping pong balls and this in a folding table. So then I come back and they're waiting for me. And I'm like, okay, there has to be three other people that are going to play with me. So they invited his, uh, he invited his brother-in-law over wow. just for that day. Like once I got, got the postcard, <laughs> I, I got back there and I'm like, what's up? They're like my favorite freaking family ever. Right. Like yeah. so, so cool to me. Ate a s'mores there and everything. And then <clears throat> come back, come back around. And they've got the, they've got the game already set up, literally already set up. Nice. So they've got like the four, they didn't know what to do with the four cups or anything like that. Right. And so they get me a beer and I'm drinking an IPA with them in the last house of the night. And I'm showing them how to play this game. And I'm like, all right, here's the deal. We're going to, we're going to play for books. So they had like a little kid and I was like, I showed him a Mufu and I was like, here's the deal. If you guys win, then I'll give you these books. But if I win, you guys pay for these books and they go, yeah, right. That sounds good. So we play. You're you're slinging units, right? (laughs) Slinging units. Yep. Um, So I'm across from her, her brother, her brother ends up being like my partner and then the husband and wife are on a team. So then we go. And they freaking beat me at my own game. Ooh. Yeah. They beat me at my own game and I gave them a free Mufu and they gave me some more beer to take home. And the dude was like, man, if you are ever in Pennsylvania, like just come through, have a oh, beer. Yeah. Like, You're awesome. We really enjoyed our time. Just played this Nebraska drinking game with them. Lost <laughs> my own freaking game to these <laughs> homies and um, gave them a free Mufu as a result. Oh man, you should have gave him a free platy daddy. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't need units that bad. <laughs> yeah, right. Dang. Okay. Okay. So cool that class. Dude, that sounds so fun. I remember uh, you know, there was like some people doing stuff like that with one of the customers of uh no, it was Danny's host family. They played beer pong with Danny's host family at the end of our fourth summer together. That was, that was sick. Just like, man, you know, drinking and, you know, playing, you know, drinking games with strangers. That's, that's fun. You know, you know, you, you know, you're living a fun life when you're- we did that with our host family at the end of the summer too, drank some beer with them. And then like Seth was selling a few more weeks, so he couldn't. So there was like half of our roommates could, half of our roommates couldn't. And they're just like, see, <laughs> beer, and they're just like, <laughs> yeah. Dang, man. well, Hey dude, we got, we got to play some drinking games down in Mexico. And uh, whenever I see you next, too, man, it's we'll, uh, we'll play mustache for a movie. Mustache, yeah. I'm curious, where does the mustache come in? Like, why is it named mustache? So, mustache is a cue that's like go. Oh, okay. So, the winner of each round 
you can either do like this, like that's like the mustache sign, right? Or you can say stash or you can say mustache and whichever of those that signals like go. So then you go for the next round. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, dude. Well, hey, we're, we're going to have a, a ton of fun regardless. You know, we're going to play that mustache there in Mexico. Man, uh, when, when can I see you next? How can people support you, by the way? Let's talk about that. Um, how can people support? So you can follow. I'm always posting. Um, I wouldn't say always, but I do post regularly on Elevate Wellness um, Instagram at okay. the Elevate Wellness. So that's where you can see some workout tips, some diet tips. Um, you can support us there. You can buy some Elevate Wellness merch. Wait, this is the best part. Boom. Elevate on the hood. Not before. There you go. So you can buy some Elevate Wellness merch on there. And then my personal Instagram is at Zane Gallagher. So all my personal stuff is on there. But Oh, also our website, elevatewellness.biz, B-I-Z. Um, you can go on there and check out some testimonials. You can test out what our, or you can look at what our coaching includes, all the people involved in our coaching. Um, yeah. Heck yeah, buddy. Well, dude, let's, uh, you know, three cheers for, you know, an awesome partnership. It has been a blast working with you, man. I can't recommend anybody listening to this to work with Zane enough. Um, he'll help you really get your head on right and, you know, give you a good path to walk because it's hard to go alone in the iron church, you know, picking up heavy shit, right? It's intimidating, you know, especially when there's other people like I'm new at the whole fitness grind more or less. And there's people who've been on it for years. And I like when I go to the gym and I see that, I'm just like, Ooh, I don't know. Either way I'm taken care of by, you know, just got to do this next, this, this. Yeah, it's great. So. Um, thank you, Zane, for uh, being an awesome partner, awesome supporter of the podcast and jockey. I'm excited to see you on future derby meetings. Um, so let's uh, let's keep supporting Zane and Seth and what they got going on. So any last words for our audience? I would just say it's been a blast. I had to be the absolute fastest two hours of my life. So thanks so much for being an <laughs> awesome host. Always enjoy our conversations. Um, and yeah, thanks for just having me on. And thank you to anybody listening to this. And Nick, you got a joke to send us away with? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh, all right. Let's think. Let's think. So this this one, I'm, I'm just going to apologize in advance. <laughs> uh, so I, I didn't make this joke. In fact, um, you know the name Vicky Barberg, right? Very well, yeah. Vicky's a homie. Yeah, Vicky's awesome. So she told me a joke that, like, probably the worst joke I've ever heard. I'm throwing her under the bus right now. But uh, <laughs> Um, she was like, yeah, I made it up. Do you want to hear it? I'm like, ooh, you made up a joke. Let's see what your sense of humor is like. And she's like, what did the pirate say while driving through the state of Kansas? Do you know, Zane? No guesses. Arr, Kansas. Like like Arkansas. <laughs> the wrong state. <laughs> well, there you go. There's, there's our sign out. We'll see you all. On the next one, we got Fido coming up in a couple days and then a month of Europeans. So, you know, tune in, share some episodes, and we'll see you on the next one. Adios.